everything, everything, everything gonna be all right this morning. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Frank, get you ready for the weekend. Yes! Just to let you know, the dance-off occurred, wrapped up moments ago. Does that mean that there's going to be tension between the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and yours truly, the big, bald, and beautiful one, RP3? No. I know what you're thinking. Oh, you guys having a dance-off was just going to be an April Fool's joke. No, it may be April Fool's Day, but the competition for 2022 Chair Dancing Spectacular brought to you by the game. Real thing. Real thing. We even had to recruit Steve Wiley to be the videographer of said competition. And it's on. It happened now. Things have already been put in place. Peace offerings have been made in the form of food and beverages and bowling excursion. So we're going to walk away. One of us is going to walk away a champion today. The other one's going to be a loser. But we're still got nothing but love for each other. Good morning, Happy, happy Fool's Day. Good morning to you. Good Producer morning Producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, who came in here with her hat on, turned backwards, trying to intimidate me with her dance moves. Did it work? No. Because the champ is here. Good morning, everybody. <laughs> he is not lying to you. The extravaganza of the dance-off in the chair did happen. <laughs> yes, it did. There was entrances as well (laughs) the video is being edited and put together now for your pleasure it will be up by probably 6 30 and we will share on the social media platforms for people to vote yes it is our poll question of the day that's right who is the champion of the so you'll have to wait chair dance off for the the video to be processed (laughs) yes i have to put them all together (laughs) for all of you to go vote but it will be there yes it will We'll discuss it in a half hour. We'll break it down. We will. Could there possibly be some smack talk going on after we launch the poll question? I don't know. Possibly. Possibly. No one knows. No one knows. But then don't worry. You will probably be going down tonight at the Rock and Bowl. What will happen if I beat you in the dance-off and then beat you in bowling? What's going to happen? Um, we'll see. It'll be okay because then Kenneth will beat you because he already asked me. So do I play like I want to have fun with your boss or do I play like no. I want to be competitive? I said, no, you play competitive. You play like you don't know. <laughs> you have that killer instinct when you get on the lanes. Yeah. I haven't bowled in 
I'm trying to remember the last time I bowled. <laughs> I bowled Monday. I'm on league. <laughs> yeah, you're in a league. I haven't bowled in a very long time. Uh, look, we're having fun, and and that was that was my wife's idea, by the way. She goes, "Hey," because my daughter's going to go spend the night with my mom, her grandmother. Yes, her social calendar changed. Yes, her social calendar <laughs> changed from going Saturday to now going Friday because Grandma wanted more time to work on an Easter project. So that they're doing together, they're turning Tootsie Roll pops into Easter bunnies. It's a very complex thing, and they're having a ton of fun doing it. So. That freed us up because I'm going to New Orleans Saturday for the Final Four. So Tina's like, "Well, let's go have, you know, let's go out, let's go to the, <clears throat> let's go to the movies or something." I said, "Okay." And then then she texts me. She goes, "Let's go bowling." I says, "Well, you know, five names, her and her fiance bowling the league list. Let's see if they'll go bowling together." I said, "Okay." And she goes, "I'll just text her." I said, "Okay." You handle all that. I feel like I should probably have her number because we constantly be message on Facebook. That's how I talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, there will be bowling excursion tonight at the Rock and Bowl. So, we will have fun no matter what happens, no matter the outcome of the dance off. We will still show each other respect. Another warrior to another warrior. Yes. Yes. There we go. We got a great show lined up for you today. Four guests. Typically, we're going only three, but it's a big weekend. We got the Final Four, huge baseball series as well in college. And we're only a week away, less than a week away, from opening day for Major League Baseball. So we're going to talk Astros on today's show. We're going to preview the Final Four on today's show. We're going to give you the bets for the weekend, including the Final Four and the championship game. And then, of course, we're going to talk a little NBA because it is the home stretch there. Only a handful of games left. Teams jockeying for playoff positioning. So, we're going to cover it all. But we're going to start off today talking LSU baseball. Woof. is something that I like to say on this show. Woof. And last night's performance by the Tigers elicits a wolf six to five loss at home to Auburn to Auburn now this is the third straight SEC series where the team has dropped at least a game they lost the series to Texas A&M if you remember to open up SEC play they lost the opening game of the series last weekend at Florida and then they came back and did Gorilla Ball 2.0 in Saturday and Sunday to win that series. But this team has got some fielding issues, man. Like, this team cannot field properly. And it is now April 1st. That's not something that you're going to fix now. Like, this is the identity of the team. You've already gone through fall ball together. You've gone through spring practice and spring training, and now we're to the third weekend series of conference play, and they still have issues with fielding the baseball. That's what's going to hold this team back. They can hit. The pitching is so-so. They can hit. They're great at hitting. Awesome. Pitching is so-so. They're fielding, pull ball. 
Two errors again last night. Like, you just can't do that. You just can't do what they do. The way they approach the game, how they field, is going to hold this team back. Not only in SEC play, but because this team is good enough and they hit, they're good enough at hitting that they're going to get to an NCAA regional. Make no bones about that. Jay Johnson's club is headed to a regional unless they completely tank the rest of the way. But they can't field. And those miscues are going to cost them games. It already has. It already has. It's cost them midweek games. It's cost them conference games. It's going to cost them in an NCAA regional. Because when you get to that point, once you get through the gauntlet that is the SEC tournament in Hoover, you have to be sharp to advance to Omaha, you have to be sharp. You can't just knock the hide off the baseball. That's You have to do everything. You have to have enough pitching. Don't have to have great pitching. You just have to have enough pitching to get to make a run. It helps if you have a great pitcher. The Tigers do not. But I've seen it before. You've seen it before. You can make a run and get to Omaha if you have great hitting and so-so pitching. But you can't be sloppy in the field, man. You just can't. You can't be sloppy in the field. And that's what they are. That's what they are. Look, Doty, Travinsky got your home runs last night in the first and the fourth. And if you're LSU, you're feeling good about yourself. This is how we're going to set the tone for this series. Here we come, up to nothing. Awesome. But then Auburn tied it in the fifth. Then Auburn took a lead in the fifth. And then Auburn scored another run in the fifth on an error. Once again, Tigers can hit. Trey Morgan, K. Doty. Dylan Cruz didn't get any hits last night, but he got on base. Jacob Berry, Braden Bear, Hayden Travinsky. They got guys that can rake. Awesome. Do they have enough guys that can actually field? And they do not have the pitchers. That's the other big thing about LSU. Blake Money is supposed to be the ace of the staff. No. He's not a Friday night starter. He's just not. He's not. They don't have a legit Friday night guy. They don't have an ace of the staff. They have a bunch of guys who are your number two, your number three guys in the rotation. They do not have a legit dominant starter. Blake Money has a great name, and he has some really good stuff. But he's not a Friday night starting pitcher. He's just not. Last night he got roughed up, six hits, six runs, five of them earned, put three batters on base, struck out five. That's great. But that's not a stat line of a dominant ace, and your Friday night starter should be your ace. And I understand, before someone corrects me, oh, Ray, this game was played on uh, Thursday. Yeah, yeah, the series, though. Friday night starter means your first guy. Blake Money did not have his stuff. 
and the defense behind them let them down as too as well. Just did. They can rake, they can hit. Joe Bear Homer's in the eighth, and Cruz brings a couple of runs in in the ninth. I'm sorry, brought one run in in the ninth. They nearly came back. They nearly rallied and won the game. But the pitching is so-so. The fielding is worse. And that's what's going to hold this LSU team back. They have the guys that can rake. They lack the other things. They'll get back to action tonight. They're at Alex Box Stadium. And we'll see if they can even this series. Because if they drop tonight's game, which means they'll lose the series, no matter what happens Saturday in the rubber match, that means they're going to have started conference play dropping two of their first three series. Not great, Bob. Not at all. First pitch, 6.30 tonight. Pre-game will begin at 6. So after you are listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh from 4 to 6, you can pick up LSU pre-game and then the start of the second game of the series against Auburn. Once again, first pitch scheduled for 6.30. They'll wrap up the three-game set on Saturday with a 1 p.m. start against the Auburn Tigers. Once again, it's April 1st. You are what you are by this point of the season. Let's be honest. Third conference series, you pretty much are what you are. You can make some tweaks. You can make some minor improvements, but you're not going to be a completely different-looking team. So this is what LSU is. A team that can hit, can hit really well. But they have so-so pitching, and their fielding is not good. Got to take a timeout. When we return, Kim Mulkey was not the coach of the year by the SEC. Don Saley was. But the Associated Press said, eh, we disagree. Big time honor for LSU women's basketball coach. We'll talk about it next right here on The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. P3 grew up dreaming of one day playing right field for the Atlanta Braves. Just like his hero, Dale Murphy. I wanted to grow up and be Dale Murphy. Little Raymond, though, wasn't quite the caliber of athlete of his childhood hero as his lone highlights as a ball player were being beamed twice in the head. That actually explains a lot. Back to more RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. I'm 
sorry, I'm trying to compose myself after watching the ridiculousness that is our chair dancing video. <laughs> I think it's fantastic. Oh, it is fantastic. Oh, we're gonna buy, we're gonna unveil that here in a few moments. Oh man. It's a perfect way to start off your weekend. Oh, is, yeah. is the 2022 chair dance off spectacular <laughs> presented by the game featuring I before I, I challenged you to this dance off my original plan was to find a spot in the parking lot of the front building where you couldn't see me and then I was you're gonna come in and I was gonna text you and you're gonna be like hey where are you and I'm like oh did I tell you I was, like, I was gonna be here and like all my stuff and myself are gonna be like under the desk where you couldn't see me <laughs> And then it's gonna pop out to April Fools, but they're dance off, so I couldn't say I wasn't gonna be here. <laughs> then I was punking out on our, our dance off. Oh man! Oh, good start to today's show. It's gonna get even better, even better. Let off with LSU baseball dropping a game at home to Auburn, losing yet another opening game. To an SEC series. That's now three in a row. Fielding's an issue. You realize that this team has committed now 42 errors on the season. 42. 42. Their opponents have only committed 30. That is a ridiculous average for this team. 42 errors, man. That means every game, every game for the LSU baseball team, and they've played 26 of them now, believe it or not. So they're averaging one and a half errors, essentially 1.6 errors per game which means you can count on Jay Johnson's team at least one time a game, more than likely two times a game, to commit an error. They're talented enough, and they can hit well enough to overcome that right now. They're 18-8 and eight overall in the season. But, man, you can't, you, can't, you can't do that when you get to the SEC tournament in Hoover. You can't do that when you get to an NCAA regional. They have the hitting. But everything else, they don't have a frontline starter at pitcher, and they not they're not good at fielding. Whether or not they can turn it around remains to be seen. Let's stick with LSU, but change sports. Women's basketball program was in the dump. It had become a wildly underperforming program that could not recruit and, more importantly, couldn't win games. Nine wins a year ago. Scott Woodward goes out, hires Kim Mulkey. Says, hey, bring your pedigree of being a national championship player at Louisiana Tech. Bring your pedigree of winning three national titles at Baylor and turning them into one of the best programs in the country. We want you to come home, come to Baton Rouge, and turn things around. That's exactly what she did. 
won 26 games, 17 more than they did the previous year. They won an NCAA tournament game, opening round game, and advanced to the round of 32 before being eliminated by Ohio State. But Kim was not, in fact, named SEC Coach of the Year. That distinction belonged to Dawn Staley of the number one ranked South Carolina Gamecocks, a team that had played for the national title the year before and is back in the Final Four yet again on the women's side. But the Associated Press named Mulkey yesterday as their coach of the year, the women's basketball coach of the year. It is the third time Mulkey has won the award in her distinguished career. They actually surprised her with it at LSU. A little video presentation. Her team went crazy. And deservingly so. An amazing turnaround. It shows you how much coaching matters in college. It just does. Majority of the team that was there last year that won nine games was still there. Kim added some pieces, sure, but she got them to buy into her program, buy into the way she was doing things. Did they overachieve this year with the talent on the roster? Sure they did. Would have been great if they would have got to the Sweet 16? Yeah, that'd be a great feather in the cap. But Alexis Morris was banged up, wasn't 100%. So, still a great season. 26 games. They won 26. They won nine last year. 26. Won a tournament game. Got to the second round. Foundation has been set for the LSU women's basketball program for them to have success for years to come. That was the great news yesterday. The not-so-great news? The exodus continues for the LSU men's basketball team. I don't know if they're going to have it. (coughs) Excuse me. (coughs) Excuse me. LSU men's basketball team, if they're going to have any players left. Like, McMahon may have to get an entire new team from start to scratch. From scratch. I mean, that's what it's looking like. Because they're having player after player after player after player enter the transfer portal. It is amazing to me how many kids are leaving out. Now, yes, Will Wade recruited them all. And you, you expected them to lose recruits, guys that had been committed. But, man, they've lost seven players now into the transfer portal, it looks like. Seven. Matt McMahon is going to have his work cut out for him, the young fella from Murray State. Brandon Murray, the top recruit in 2021. Transfer portal. Xavier Pinson, the transfer from Missouri in the transfer portal. That's your starting backcourt right there. Sharif O'Neal, who never played and wasn't all that good to begin with. 
the Shaq's kid transfer portal. Adam Miller. You know, he missed the entire season. He was supposed to be their primary shooter. He missed it with a torn ACL. Transfer portal. Darrell Colbert. He didn't play a whole lot. Transfer portal. Guard Justice Williams. Didn't play a whole lot either. Another reserve. Transfer portal. Now, they did bring in Kendall Coleman from Northwestern State. They brought in Justice Hill from Murray State. But center Bradley Israel out. He gone. Transfer portal. Efton Reed, another center. Guess what? You know what happened to him? Would you like to guess five names? Uh, 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 is it is it transfer portal? Is that the, that the yes answer? transfer portal? Yes. I'm so smart. They're not go- as it stands right now. They don't have a single guy that even played meaningful minutes for them. They just don't. Everyone is gone, and Darius Days and Eason have declared for the NBA draft, so they're gone. Bye. I <laughs> just. Just, it's, I did, I knew it was going to be a change. I did, but I didn't think it was going to be that much. And Eric Gaines, that happened last night. Sophomore guard became portal entry number nine for the purple and gold. Nine players in the transfer portal. He led the SEC in steals during the regular season. He's a great defender. Ninth player to the portal. Two players have declared for the draft. Nine are in the portal. McMahon has two players, essentially. It's going to be some lean years for the LSU men's basketball team. They'll be competitive. They'll play hard, but there'll be some lean years. So just be expecting that. We got to take a timeout. Our 2022... Chair Dance Off Spectacular brought to you by the game. It's been posted. It's available for you to now view on our social media profiles. We're talking Facebook. We're talking Twitter. We're talking the TikTok. We need you to go vote. We need you to vote and comment on who you believe should be crowned the 2022 Chair Dance Off Spectacular champion presented by the game what oh we're having fun it's the way to get ready for the weekend right here rp3 and company on the game 1037 lafayette 1041 lake charles southwest louisiana sports station there are some hosts that talk like they know everything but you don't have to worry about our guy rp3 what you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things i have ever heard that's because he never knows what he's talking about everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it back to the show in the know rp3 and company on the game 1037 lafayette and 1041 lake charles southwest louisiana's sports station
I've accomplished a lot of things in my 20-year media career. Print, websites, radio, little television. This may be one of the more... <laughs> this, this goes right beside the Louis Prejean Christmas rap collaboration. Oh, God. <laughs> things that I'm proud of. Five names. What an idea that we came up with. Oh, my goodness. The video is up. Chair dance-off party extravaganza of RP3 and company presented by The Game. Video is up. We need you to go vote. We've posted it on all the social media profiles. So we need you to do your thing. Go vote. Watch it. Vote. And then leave your comments. Please. (laughs) (laughs) So now that it's completed. Yes. How do you feel that you fared? I mean, I think I did pretty good. I mean, I had a sprinkler in there. I'm just saying. You did add the sprinkler. I had the sprinkler. I had the groovy move. <laughs> the what now? What'd you say? The groovy move. <laughs> Finger up to the right, down, up and down. <laughs> I am very shocked, though, by our listeners because usually by now you've already had a comment and not one person has commented yet. They may be still laughing at it all (laughs) (laughs) they may still be going what are y'all doing (laughs) like y'all thought y'all just getting like a little dance like a little video oh no no no, 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 we have like the entrance there's none of that like ufc you know weighing in at so-and-so pounds (laughs) oh yeah Oh. Eight and a half names is doing a great job today. Oh, did you just call yourself say that again? Eight and a half? We're eight and a half names. You and I together yes. combined? So I have five names. <laughs> yes. And then you have three and a half because you have the third. So the third is like a half name. That's correct. So we're That's eight correct. and a half names. Eight and a half names collaboration. Credit straight to <laughs> Mesh the Donut. He's the one that came up with that. Shout out to Steve Wiley for helping out. Yes. Like, are we doing this yet? I was like, yes, Steve, we're doing this. Let's go. <laughs> uh, dance off. You know, do I feel like my performance could have been better? Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? I feel that way every day. I always feel like I could be a little bit better. A little bit better. Was it good? Was it good enough to win? Yeah, it was. Was it a legendary performance by yours truly in a dance-off? No. No. And I believe I may have opened up the door just ever so slightly for you to steal this title from me. Because I can't blame you. I can't blame the people. And you did. I was not aware that props were involved with the backwards hat. See? Was I not, was more gangster. I was waiting for you to come in, like, you're, you know, Madeline slacks and everything. I was like, I was ready. I was like, oh, I got to be gangster today. <laughs> also, my hat, my hair was still wet because apparently I took a shower too late. So it was still wet when I woke up this morning. So the hat was fantastic. And like, <laughs> my hair dry a little bit. 
five names. God bless you. Um, Dance off. Who do you think is going to win? Well, see that I'm winning right now. I want to hope that I will win. Wow. Wow. But do I think I will win? Because you think, you know, small little girl dancing. Yeah, cool. I am young. That's what we do. TikTok, TikTok is, a, is a big trend for everybody. But yes. You are a 43-year-old man. <laughs> Going against the young girl. See, I'm actually. So I, I think feel you like will yes, win, I, it's funnier. I, but I feel like I'm the challenger, right? Because this is in your wheelhouse. You're young, a young woman, right? That's what young women do: is they dance, they enjoy themselves. Forty-three year old men usually are bald and fall asleep in their chairs. So, I feel like you probably have the advantage here, right? I think the upset would be if I defeated you in the dance-off. Well, I just think that I am because of our listeners. Our listeners are going to want to – they already think that it's hilarious that you're doing this. So I would think you have the advantage. So if what Les said yesterday with that uh, he's taking me with the spread, I feel like the spread's like five. The spread is five? Yeah. Five? Yeah, I think five. It feels like a lot. I mean, I, I, my grandmother gave me seven for when I play, we played um, Arkansas State. She gave me seven-point spread for Cajuns. And I say three-point spread. Three? Your advantage. Yes. I think the spread is three in favor of you to win. Okay. You're young. You're a woman. You're not big, bald, and beautiful. Think the people... As we already have established in a short amount of time, you have endeared yourself to the listeners of RP3 and company. And footnotes. They All do right. love you. They do love you. That's in your That works in your favor as well. Just saying. Even though it's funnier watching me attempt to dance, whether that is in chair or just normal. And that ensues more hilarity. The people love you more, I do believe. I think three-point spread in your favor. Huh? Oh, no. We're at, we're at, we got some comments finally. Yay! JVK, the OD, says, I'm just going to have to just vote present, not picking sides on this one. Those poor chairs. And there's a gift of Simon, of Simon Cowell saying, it's a no for me. It's a no for me. It's a no for me. Come on, JPK, the OD. <laughs> this is why I love Hart. <laughs> what is Hart? What is Hart saying? You got to tell me what the gif is. I don't know who that is. Um, but it says, no matter who wins in the poll, we as listeners are the real winners because of the trash talk that will ensue for the coming weeks. The two laughing emojis. And it looks like it's from a channel Eyewitness, but I'm not sure who the guy is, but it's a... Half naked, bigger man dancing. That I can't think of who he is or where that's from. That's gonna be a you thing. That's gonna be a me thing. That's gonna yeah. be my okay. That's it's gonna, gonna be, be terrible my. Terrible if I try to describe this more. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Well, I'll, I'll try my best. <laughs> oh man, who is the winner? Mm-mm-mm. That's a big question. Oh, that's Chris Farley. 
That's the Chippendales, famous Chippendale skit against Patrick Swayze. Oh. It's one of the legendary SNL skits from Saturday Night Live. No matter, yeah, no matter who was. <laughs> I mean, they are. They are the real winners. Oh, Steve has chimed in. Oh, no. Steve says Hannah wins. <laughs> Applauding for you. Mr. Steve Wiley says Hannah wins the dance, the chair dance-off competition. Keep those votes coming. On our poll question of the day, who is the winner of the chair dance-off party extravaganza of RP3 and company? Is it Hannah Five Names or is it yours truly, RP3, the big, bald, and beautiful one? Go vote. Watch the video. Have a laugh at our expense. Hell, even give us a call on the hotline. Game hotline, 337-706-0111. That's 337-706-0111. We'd love to hear from you. We appreciate constructive criticism when it comes to our dance moves. Okay. So as we have discussed this, I do have one thing about our last... I was still editing the video, so I didn't get to comment on this. If you win Coach of the Year Associated Press... Can you not? Can you win SEC Coach of the Year as well, or like is like a win one or the other? The thing? SEC uh, awards are voted on by the coaches. Mm. Yes. Okay. Associated Press is voted on by the media members that cover women's basketball. Got it. Because I went as soon as I saw that she won, I was like, "Yeah, told you my girl was gonna win Coach of the Year." <laughs> Just the wrong type, wrong you know people voted. <laughs> uh, so vote on the poll question of the day. I'm going to watch this video again during the timeout, <laughs> by the way, because, and I appreciate you. Shout out to five names for being so sweet in the, in the thing you'll see in the video where we do like height and weight. Like it's like, it's a UFC fight. And she, she put on there that I was only 200 pounds. God bless her. I haven't been 200 pounds in more than 20 years. <laughs> but he's doing a great job. I think we're at what now? Like 15 pounds you've lost. Um, so almost like 18, yeah. See, look at you. So, yeah. So. Eating those little just nuts and oranges and oh, yeah. yogurt. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying it's a great, fun time whenever you watch Ray. Like, what do you have for lunch? He's like, I have some uh, mixed nuts and a uh, nectarine and some uh, yogurt. Uh, and a boiled egg. <laughs> yeah. Stop. Yeah. I was like, how is he eating and surviving? I said, I have no idea. Drinking a lot but of he's water. Doing better than me. Drinking a gallon of water a day. <laughs> <laughs> but I digress. Go vote on our poll question of the day. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. Watch the video. Like the video. Share the video. That's what we made it for. Made it for you guys. We got to take a timeout. More RP3 and company, though, coming up right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Want to join in the discussion with RP3? Then just give us a call on the hotline. You know the number. Two, four, niner, five, six, seven, eight. I can't hear you. You're trailing off. And did I catch a niner in there? Were you calling from a walkie-talkie? No need to be embarrassed. Just call us at 337-706-0111. Back to more RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
Today is the day, April 1st. It's going to be the day that you're going to join our clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. That's right. Go sign up today. It's free to do so. Once you become a member, you will be able to have the ability to earn free stuff. Who doesn't love winning free stuff? And once you do, guess what? You'll get the chance to win a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse. That's right. Amazing steaks. Cooked to perfection. Just the way you want them. Five names. She likes them rare to medium rare. They can do that for you. Tremendous sides. Adult beverages. A cigar room. Great atmosphere. Desserts get presented on a golden three-tiered cart. It's fine dining. Great dining. And we want to hook you up with a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse. But you can only win that bad boy by becoming a member of our clubhouse. So go sign up today at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free to do so. No reason why you shouldn't sign up today. We talked LSU men's basketball exodus continuing. Nine players now in the transfer portal. Two have declared for the draft. That only leaves two players left on the roster that were on the team literally two weeks ago. Coach McMahon's got his work cut out for him. He has brought in a transfer from Northwestern State and another one from Murray State, but woo, going to be lots of work to be done there. Kim Mulkey named Associated Press Coach of the Year for women's basketball, the third time she's won that honor. Once again, she turned a team, a program that won nine games last year to winning 26 and winning an NCAA tournament game. And the LSU baseball team starts off its weekend early because it's three-game series against Auburn. It's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and they do so with a 6-5 to five loss at Alex Box Stadium. Third straight series they've opened up in conference play with a loss. And the so-so pitching and the poor fielding once again hurts the Tigers in this one as they lose to the Plainsmen slash War Eagle slash Tigers. Two errors in the game. They now have 42 on the season. They are averaging nearly two errors a game. That dog don't hunt. If you want to be a team that's going to make a run in Hoover and you want to be a team that's going to make it to an NCAA regional and win a regional, you can't be that sloppy in the field. And right now, Jay Johnson's team is, and we're to the point of the season where that may be just what they are. Oh, and also the dance-off. It happened. Their video is up. The chair dance-off party extravaganza of RP3 and company presented by the game. It's our poll question of the day. Doug has chimed in. 200 pounds. Laughing emoji, yes. Hannah Five Names got you beat and beat Bad Ray. Having fun. Color me surprised that Doug, the number one fan of Hannah Five Names, is voting for her. Stunned, Doug. I'm stunned. <laughs> Steve has chimed in. Our buddy Salty Steve. Too close to call. Saul reached out to Diddy Terrell and John Travolta for their opinion. They both returned comment that five names won by the seat of her pants. Oh, early returns. 
early returns saying all five names. Rightfully so. Rightfully so. Looks like she's. It looks like you're going to run away with this. Five names. Right now, 60% of you say Hannah Five Names is the winner of the chair dance-off party extravaganza of RP3 and company. Keep those votes coming. Keep those comments coming. We appreciate you. Hour number one of the books. Hour number two. Going to kick it off with James Yasko talking Astros right here on Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. I'm just going to say this. Did I anticipate you winning the dance-off by those out there listening? Our friends of the show, if you will. Yes. I said that you were a three-point favorite. Mm-hmm. Comments are coming in. Ross. Ross Coleman. Shout out to him not having an avatar for his Twitter profile. Hannah has more rhythm than RP3. Go to the corner, RP3. Hannah wins hands down. Coach Eric Howard's chimed in. Come on, now the champ can't be a three-point dog. This is even money, and the champ still got it. With crying, laughing emoji. We've already discussed hearts. Sharing of the gif of Chris Farley with the famous Chippendales as well. Doug has already said, chimed in, says you. But Robert Duplachan has come in. To start off hour number two. Got to give it to the old man. And if you are two bills, I am 120. <laughs> Once again, you are a sweet young lady for saying that I'm 200 pounds. I mean, I'm on a weight loss program here. And I'm trying to do the math. I've lost I lost 15 pounds in three plus weeks. So Good out to you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Go, the goal... The goal is to get to uh, get to under 300 and then keep going from there. So, but the fact that you only put I was 200 pounds on the walk-up is phenomenal. <laughs> and I feel like that's going to be the thing people are going to focus on. I think people are going to watch this and forget to vote and just comment about the part of Raymond's 200 pounds. That, that's not true. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> Todd on Twitter says, "Oh, uh, RP3, you look like you've lost weight since I first tuned in, but not down to 200. That said, got to give the edge of the legend, RP3. Oh, some votes are coming my way now. Woo! Could be competitive. Could be competitive. I do believe you get the edge. Because you decided to bring a prop. You're rocking the backwards hat today. Unexpected when the girl rocks the backwards hat. Means you mean, means you mean business. 
Yeah. Also means you turn your hat backwards when you're ready to win an arm wrestling competition. Shout out to Over the Top Sliced Dolo. Probably do. <laughs> have you ever seen Over the Top? Probably not. You haven't even seen Roadhouse, so how could you have seen Over the Top? Correct? Mm-hmm. I think James is upset by me not seeing <laughs> any of them. <laughs> we got to take a t- <laughs> Let's head out to the hotline. Welcome on our buddy from the Lima Time Time podcast, a contributor for some reason to the Houston Chronicle, and a man who's laying the foundation for great soccer success for children in the state of Texas. It's the one and only James Yasko. James, good morning. Good morning. <laughs> so efficient. Listen to him. So efficient. All right, bud. You've seen the video. Go ahead, chime I in. Have. Chime in. <clears throat> Uh, RP3, you know I love you, but you look like every white guy at a wedding I've ever been to in my entire life. You're welcome. (laughs) So I'm I'm giving it I'm giving it to Hannah. She brought in the Pulp Fiction. Uh, that was that was solid. So so I'm 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 throwing I'm throwing my vote to to Hannah. Despite having never seen Roadhouse. And suddenly becoming a Mariners fan, uh, which actually, all right, I, I, I'll, I'm going to have to reevaluate my vote just based on outside evidence. I mean, you know what? You and Ray come with a list of movies I need to have watched that I somehow have not yet. And I will do that on a weekend. I will watch all of them. No, that, that's that, not that possible. That is a whole bet. Yes, one hundred percent. That's not possible. That's not possible for you to be able to do that. <laughs> not when Yasko and I get together. But uh, yeah. uh, all right, bud. We're less than a week from opening day. Less than a week from opening day. What do you make of Dusty Baker deciding that Framer Valdez is going to be opening day starter? Is that something that's going to last throughout the season, or is that just? until Verlander is fully back in your opinion. So it really doesn't <clears throat> it really doesn't matter uh who who the who the opening day starter is because once you figure in off days like really you just set it up based on based on the last time you pitched um you know it, it's it's all it's just sort of logistical and and the the opening day starter doesn't have the same importance uh, that it that it maybe did when you and I were growing up, just because you, you know you're going to need 11 to 12 starting pitchers if you're lucky over the course of the season. Who pitches on opening day is is all it's it's just sort of a a, a title that the novelty lasts about a week, uh, and then and then you just sort of you just sort of manage rest and 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 you get your scheduled start and your scheduled off days. Um, I mean, good for Framber. Uh, you know, he he's he stepped up ish um over the last couple of years uh had a couple of rough starts in the postseason but not really his fault i guess um because the braves are obviously cheating uh and uh and so you know good for him but it's it's all it's all just sort of logistics at this point all right what do you think the rotation is going to be like you didn't bite on the braves were obviously cheating i'm i'm surprised uh but must, but but must be off but look see uh, you know why even though my team defeated your team in the World Series, we have a common enemy. And the common enemy is the New York Yankees. So yeah, why would I be upset 
by a slight sleight of hand comment by your by, by you, my friend. <laughs> when when we can spend a whole segment talking about the crybaby crybaby Brian Cashman complaining that oh the, that they didn't win another World Series because of uh, the the sign stealing scandal. Even though we have a new report that was finally unveiled by the courts that suggests that the Yankees have been cheating more than anyone else. I'm gonna I'm gonna. I, I see Brian Cashman's uh, allegation, and I'm going to raise him that that the Astros cheating in 2017 are the reason that Sandra Bullock did not go to prom with me uh, in in high school. Because I did ask her, and, and I I did not get a response, and that that has to, it's the horrific and illegal actions of the Houston Astros that that caused that to happen. Oh, okay. Rotation though. You say it doesn't matter because opening day, it will be adjusted. But once we get to, like, I don't know, once we get a dozen games into the season, what's the rotation going to look like and how far down it is Verlander going to be pitching? I mean, it's it, it, it scheduled for game three. Uh, and and so, you know, it's it, everyone's get ideally everyone gets 30 starts. Um, it doesn't always work like that, but, but you know, it, it doesn't really matter what order – you know, the order really, really matters come the middle of September. That's when you that's when you kind of make your adjustments to kind of line things up for the postseason. The the April order, does it's it's what it is, what it is. Uh, I don't put a whole lot of stock into into the order of the rotation at the beginning of the season. Uh, I put about as much stock into that as I do spring training stats, unless they confirm what some narrative that I want to have confirmed. That's the only reason to pay attention to spring training stats. Uh, and the Jeremy Pena is, is the is the greatest since you know Honus Wagner. Um, the so it's it's fine. Uh, it, the, the the Astros have a pretty deep rotation. They have a, a fairly young rotation, uh, with the exception of Verlander. And and but he's he's coming off you know he's he's ready to to prove something so it, the, the rotation's fine it's gonna be fine lance mccullers jr we find out had the flexor tendon setback right during the lockout uh when do we expect him to be back i i don't know um you know i would i would imagine that that as soon as he is 100 percent, you know I, I think that that that's something and especially with his injury history you don't rush him back uh, just in case you, you have, and so you, you'd almost rather keep him out an extra month than rush him back too soon and, and lose him for, you know, however much of the season is left. So when he's a hundred percent, he'll come back. Um, you know, and it, it may be May, it may be June, it may be July, it, it may be September who, who, who knows. So, uh, but there, you know, he, he signed that extension, you know, you're sort of protecting your long-term investment there. So, um, you you roll the dice with what you've got, and whenever you can add McCullers, you know that's you know that that's as good as a trade deadline acquisition. Is the rotation good enough without McCullers to for this team to establish itself in the West? I think so. You've got guys that have proven it over the last couple of years, and you know they're you know going into last season, you're you know you kind of looked around and you're like that was a sixty game season. Uh, is Luis Garcia for real? And and the answer seems to be, yeah. You know, you, you've pitched enough innings at that point that the league kind of figures you out. And if you're still getting success, then uh, in year two, then then that's a good sign going forward. So, you know, Urquidy has done it before. Framber has done it before. Verlander has obviously done it for a very long time before. And Odorizzi's got something to prove as well. So 
I think, you know, and then you've got some guys waiting in the wings, uh, you know, in case, in case there's an injury or, uh, or, or something goes awry. So, yeah, no, I, I think it's, I think it's good. Uh, you know, I, I top to bottom, I think it's, it's on level, <clears throat> if not better than any other team in the division. Uh, of course the, the angels have Otani and then who, who else, you know? So I think and the Mariners, you know, obviously they're going to raise the banner for getting that, that March poll, you know, predicted <laughs> AL West, uh, champion, April champs. Uh, banner. So April champs every year, that, bud, every year, expect that banner ceremony to come, you know, uh, April, April 11th. Uh, I think they're going to raise that banner. So good for them, but they wear teal. I, know, I, think, I think they're good. They're good. <laughs> We're talking with James Yesko, the Lehman Time Time podcast. He joins us here on RP3 and Company. All right, uh, projected lineup uh, by many, including CBS Sports, has Altuve as the leadoff, Brantley, Bregman, Alvarez in the four-hole, uh, Yuli, five, Kyle Tucker, then McCormick, Pena, and Maldonado. Uh, do you believe that's kind of what the lineup is going to look like? And how much different is that going to be, say, without, you know, obviously Carlos Correa in the lineup? Is it is it wildly that different? You know, I think we talked about this last time that that you know Correa was hitting sixth, and, and that's kind of crazy for a for a player of his pedigree uh, and, and his track record to have him hitting so far down in the lineup. So, you know, the, the Astros are not asking Jeremy Pena to be the new cleanup hitter. Uh, you know, the the top the top of your lineup and the, and the middle of your lineup is still intact. It's still so solid. Uh, that whatever you get from from Pena in in that eight hole, um, or maybe nine, I don't know. You know, who down at the bottom, you know, if if he, if, if he has regular success, he's going to be on base for the top of the lineup, and that's really what the Astros are designed to do. So it's not a drastically different lineup, and and Pena seems to have swung the bat, you know, pretty well this spring. Uh, what you don't know, and what I what I do not care enough to go investigate is uh Pena is hitting like 364 is that against Max Scherzer uh are those hits coming against you know the the guys that are that he'll see and obviously he's not going to see Scherzer in the in National League and whatnot but are, are they coming are those hits coming against number 97s and number 98s that are you know just trying to impress and, and get a little bit of work in so you're not asking Jeremy Pena to to carry your offense. You're asking him to get get enough hits to to roll the lineup over to the back back to Altuve. So I, I think it's I think it's I think it's going to be okay. Uh, you know, it's obviously you wish you had Carlos Correa, uh, but but you don't, and and you see what what Pena has. And I think the way that and we can right or wrong, you know, however you feel the Astros handled the Correa. Uh, "Quote unquote negotiations." You know the the Astros are are ready to. They are they were they had been prepared for a while to move on to Jeremy Pena, and there has to be a reason. It's it's too much of an analytical front office uh, that um, you know the the there the, there are numbers to back it up. It's not this sort of old school GM, uh, you know sort of way of, of kind of doing business anymore where you just sort of they're going to roll the dice like yes it's a it's a roll of the dice but but there's data to back up the, the reason for that move who on this team needs to step up into that leadership role because we always thought this was Altuve's team and it may still always be Al- Jose's team but when the scandal broke the guy that stepped to the forefront and became kind of the unquestioned leader of this team was Carlos 
right? He's the one yeah. that spoke to the media. He's the one that backed up his guys. He's the one that talked smack to other teams. I mean, he became the vocal leader of the clubhouse. Who needs to be that guy to step into the role? Does that need to be Alex Bregman now? Maybe. Um, you know, I think I think the whole – my sense is that the whole sign-stealing thing, you know, for, for the guys that are actually playing baseball uh, in the majors, you know, they, they've sort of moved past it. Uh, you know, there may be some exceptions here and there. But but everyone, I think I think most people have moved on. I think you know the guys that are playing know how extensive uh, or not you know the the what the Astros were doing in 2017 was. Um, you know the the issue with the Astros seems to come from like first name bunch of numbers on uh, on Twitter, uh, and of course the general manager of the New York Yankees. So the I I, I don't know that you know I, we don't know Michael Brand. I, I I could not tell you what Michael Brantley sounds like. Uh, but we don't know what he's like in the in the in the locker room. You know, we don't know what Altuve, you know, what his demeanor is in the locker room. You may just have a bunch of professional guys that that they lead by example, and and if there's something that needs to be taken care of, they do it quietly and privately within the clubhouse. You know, I, I we did see Justin Berlander come out and yell at the at the Astros in 2017 in the playoffs, which is an all time great moment in franchise history. Um, you know, maybe it's Verlander, maybe maybe they're just professionals and, and they do what they have to do. All right, wrap it up with this, bud. What are your plans going to be opening day, even though they have to be on the road? What are your plans going to be? Uh, so it's uh, it's Thursday and it's in Anaheim. So that game's going to start at, at 840 Central Time. If I'm awake by the Ooh. fourth inning, I will consider that a win. <laughs> I'm in that time of the year where I'm taking a nap when I get home just so I can stay awake until 10 and then go back to bed. Like, it's just, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm all in on naps right now. Uh, I'm, I'm still this, this condensed spring training. I'm, I'm still not ready for, uh, to be stretched out for opening day. Well, bud, you got a week, you got less than a week now to get prepared. Let's work on that over books, the weekend, bud. You got this, you got this. Yeah. yeah. Training, training with hot dogs and, uh, and whatnot. James, appreciate your time as always, bud. Talk to you next week. Have a good one. My man says, got to take a nap. It's that time of year. Got to take a nap in the afternoon just so he can wake up and stay up until like 930. (laughs) We got to take a time out. More RP3 and company coming up right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. P3 came to the station this morning to do only two things. Kick some ass and drink some beer. It's like we're almost out of beer. Well, it's kind of early for the latter, isn't it? Maybe. Probably. Maybe just a root beer or some flavored water. Back to more kick-ass sports talk with RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
Oh, the Hangout Music Festival is returning this summer to Gulf Shores in the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles has your tickets to this epic weekend of music and fun in the sun. You can score VIP passes by becoming a member of the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Don't miss the return of Hangout Music Fest featuring Post Malone, Halsey, Megan Thee Stallion, Doja Cat, just to name a few. That's the Hangout Music Fest, May 20th to the 22nd in lovely Gulf Shores, Alabama. Win VIP passes from the game, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Great conversation there with James Yasko from the Lima Time Time podcast. Let's get to our poll question of the day. It's about the chair dance-off party extravaganza of RP3 and company. Five names versus yours truly, the big, bald, and beautiful one. You've seen the video. You've liked the video. You need to be sharing the video as well. Early, early returns have five names winning this. I do believe the backwards hat is a game changer. 53% of you say Hannah Five Names is the winner of the chair dance-off party extravaganza. With 53% of the vote, I have 47% of the vote. Many of you are making comments about the fact that it says I weigh 200 pounds. Once again, I did not do that. That was five names trying to be sweet. <laughs> and of course, as expected, you guys picked up on it and said, not so fast. <laughs> it was that and also forgetting that he's trying to get under 300 pounds, not trying to get under 200 pounds. Hart is now chimed in. New rule until five names catches up on 80s classic movie staples. No. That's an automatic forfeit on competitions. I said what I said, said Hart. Nope. Coming in hot. My wife has watched it. And uh, she said, hey, um, I can't remember my Twitter to vote, but I think it's a tie, which, in fact, is a lie because she messaged five names and said, what? What did she say? Uh, yeah, I'm calling said... out my wife. What did she say? <laughs> Tina, I love you, but I promise. <laughs> Don't be mad. I said I told Ray it was a tie to make him feel better, but I really think you won. He's already commenting back to me. Yep. Oh, but you know what? HP1 is coming in clutch for you, said Hattie said her dad won. I don't know what to believe anymore. Is that coming from my wife? I can't believe her. Who am I even married to anymore? Is her name even Tina? <laughs> <laughs> of course, Tina loves you. Of course she'd say you. Mm-hmm. Shout out to my daughter, HP1. HP1, man. HP1 keeping it down, keeping it locked for her dad. I'm so excited about her birthday present. You know, it's in like, you know, six, seven months, you're, but I am so excited already for it. Yeah, I came home, though. I got to tell you. So I came home the other day, and the wife had been was listening. And she goes, so I guess that means we're having a birthday party at the house, huh? <laughs> uh, I was like, yeah. well, well, dear, yeah, I guess that means we're having a party at the house. So, yeah, she goes, so, so, yeah, she goes, so we need to get the house uh, prepared, ready uh, for uh, five names and uh, and for Chad and for others. I said, yep, you sure do. We mm -hmm. sure do. Yep. Just the entire listening crew of RP3 Company. <laughs> so now that's prompted her because what some of you know this, we're in the middle of renovations, right? We're doing a renovation project and projects, plural. Okay. So we don't invite a lot of folks over because of that. 
right? So we had this conversation, the wife and I did, about, she goes, well, look, we have to wait until, you know, the table's done because we're getting our table redone, the whole nine yards. So I'm, I'm like, fine, fine, you know, that's fine. I like being antisocial some days anyway. So, but then, you know, so we established that. Oh, we can't have anybody all, you know, over until we can get some things done, some more projects done in the house. I said, okay, that's fine, dear. And then I came home that day and she's like, so I guess we need to get those projects done before your birthday. And I said, I guess so. You said to get your table done. Is your table attached to a part of your house? Usually if the table's the, gone, you just, you just replace it. You a new well, table. right now we have a folding table as our kitchen table. Oh. Because we had a table that was uh, Tina's mom's. We had it, and then we have our carpenter friend um, who lives in our neighborhood. He redid the table. So he sanded it down, fixed some issues with it, built a – because it was missing an um, – A leg? The, the, the insert that makes it mm-hmm. larger. The leaf? A leaf, thank you. I was missing the word there. So he built one for oh. it and then sanded it all down and restained it. We're going to get it from him here shortly. So we've been using a folding table for a while. So that's why, you know, the wife's like, I don't, you know, can't, yeah. be, can't be having people over one, you know. They said table redone. I was like, uh, <laughs> usually the table's broken. Yeah, we got a this door that's being one. done, <laughs> a table that's being done. We've uh, done the bathroom, the whole nine yards. Oh. So, yes, it, it, the house will be ready for the party. In September. I got to look up when my birthday is this year. I know what day it, it is. I just like don't know the, what day of the week it is. <laughs> let, me be, let me be clear here. Let me be quite let, honest. What let's means. see here. Let's see here. Yours is the 13th. It's a Tuesday. Because Hattie's is the 10th, right? Correct. Hattie's okay. is on a Saturday. So we'll probably just have the party. On Hattie's birthday. On her birthday. Yeah. It would be how we had. Yeah. That's what we typically do. So we'll have probably like a kid-friendly. There may be a fun jump involved. All types of things. Because, my, see, my wife loves throwing parties. That's her thing. That's in her wheelhouse. So she sh- tags me on something on Facebook, and I'm rarely ever on Facebook. So she tags me on the the, the grown dudes having a drinking game on, a, you know, a big inflatable <laughs> slide, slide, on the water slide. And that, that's her way of saying, hey, you know, we can have something for the kids, and then the kids can go hang out somewhere else, and then the adults can have a good time as well. I think that'd be fun. That'd be hilarious. Only I don't drink beer. I don't like beer. It tastes gross. But you can have something else. Yes, I'll have root beer. There you go. Shout out to root beer. <laughs> that. <laughs> <laughs> so, let oh. me some comments real quick on um, our poll question from Facebook. Yes. So, we have Jesse Lang says six foot four maybe 200 pounds with like five million question marks no <laughs> hannah took this one by a hair again i thought he said he was trying to get under 200 pounds not get under 300 pounds so i was extra extra sweet on that um <laughs> timothy nalams i don't even know how you said that i think it's right is that, says, is that your attempt at yeah. that I think that sounds right. Sure, sure, we'll go with that. He says, RP3 coming in hot. And then he shares a gif of the little, like, maybe seven, eight-year-old, I'm talking little dude, dancing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And then Ty Troop, Ty Toops says, sorry, guys, double disqualification. The real losers here are us, the ones to watch. Wow. wow. Okay. Wow. I think we're hilarious. Wow. Um, Mama five names. 
comes in and says Hannah Five Names for the win because no, I'm stunned. My mom is actually awake somehow. She went to sleep. They are they. Her and my brother just got off of a plane to somewhere. I don't remember the exact state. That's for our childhood friend. Her wedding. Okay. So they just got. That's also my brother's first time being on a plane. She, my mom like sent me a whole video of when they took off, and he's like just waiting for them to go. I was like, why are we not getting off the air yet? And I was like, oh, look at him back in my childhood stomping grounds, because that's what I spent most of my life with for the first five years, every two weeks, two planes. It's a great time to be alive. Uh, Mark Martin Janak says, what did I just watch? <laughs> LOL. Ha ha. You're welcome. Jamie, right. by the way, I sent him... I sent you him sent it personally. I sent it personally to Mr. Green, and he actually co- he commented about it. He says he he laughed. He said, "Thank you. I needed this." So we're here. We're here to entertain you. We're here to bring joy to your life yes. on this April Fool's Day. He's in his final day of the school week. He's counting down to that five o'clock time or four thirty. I don't know what time y'all get out of school. So three, we're gonna th- three. Yeah. So then three thirty. Hey, I got out of school in high school. We got out at four fifty. What? Yeah, we were waiting. But also, we didn't go in until like eight thirty-two. Oh, I was so. about to. I was about to ask: Did members of the Third Reich run your school? I mean, what? What, <laughs> what the hell? Four thirty? Four thirty? Yeah. They do things weird down in Slittle. Yep. Good old Slittle. It's literally the mini version of Lafayette. Like I'm just saying. I was like, "What is it like out there?" I'm like, "The same four streets connect just like it does out here. <laughs> it is literally just a smaller version of Lafayette." That's all you need. <laughs> oh, man. Keep voting on our poll question of the day. Leave your comments on Facebook, on the Twitter. And be honest. Just be honest. Be real with us. I can take it. The big, bald, and beautiful one can take it if you don't think my dance moves are, in fact, superior to five names. That's fine. That's fine. I mean, my wife did. She tried to lie to me, said it was a tie, when she was really telling Hannah how she really felt. It's fine. Just be honest. That's all I ask for. Right. That's all I ask for. We're tied right now. It's 50%, 50%. Just be honest. Yes. Leave your comments. Have a great time. You'll see the final poll results tomorrow when it ends oh that's hours. right oh so this is gonna become show fodder for the afternoon show oh yeah i'm as like oh you know what? i'm gonna do it for a day let them use it as well <laughs> waiting for the slander to come of mesh the donut and the the mesh Max the donuts i haven't heard the nickname for miguez yet mesh you know is perfect because it's james mesh and i call him meshinator donuts i call him meshinator you which, do which he likes he has all the nicknames. He has all the nicknames. He does. Mesh, James Mesh, Meshinator, Donut, Mesh the Donut. Producer Extraordinaire. <laughs> oh, we got to take a timeout. We got to take a timeout. We ran late. <laughs> Shenanigans ensuing on this Friday edition, this April Fool's Day edition of RP3 and Company. We got to take a timeout. When we return, we'll talk more about the poll question of the day. We'll take your phone calls. If you want to hit us up, hotline is open. 337-706-0111. That's 337-706-0111. You're listening to RP3 and Company. 
right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. April 1st, 1999, Detroit Pistons guard Joe Dumars scores 18 points in a 107-75 route of the Chicago Bulls. The McNeese legend becomes the 10th player in NBA history to play 1,000 games with the same team. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. could have anticipated that the dance-off extravaganza between Hannah Five Names and your boy here, RP3, the big, bald, and beautiful one, who could have anticipated that this friendly competition of making fun of ourselves could be such a divisive and something that could absolutely, absolutely threaten the integrity of the relationship I have with my wife. Who texts me live on the air. I'm not active on Twitter, but I think it's a tie. And that's what she does. I'm thinking, hey, shout out to my wife. Maybe this weekend I'll do something nice for her. But then, literally, two minutes later, what do I discover? What do I uncover? That she has messaged producer extraordinaire Hannah Five Names and says, I didn't want to hurt my husband's feelings. You are the real winner. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Who am I even married to? Is her name really Tina? I don't know. I don't know. Is she really from Arneville? Is that her family that I've gotten to know over the last 10 years? Or are those actors? I need answers. <laughs> Dylan said good job. <laughs> oh goodness gracious. Shout out to my wife. Being honest. Shout out to her. That's why I love her. She's honest. <laughs> she calls me out on my stuff. She'll look at me. She'll go, What you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Shout out to my daughter. Hattie Parch, a.k.a. HP1, gearing up, getting ready for school. Grand Catoan Elementary, shout out. Home of the Blue Jays. You know who's the best dancer in our family? Hattie. It's not me. It's not my wife. Hattie. Oh, yeah. Not, just not because she's in dancing. But this girl loves to dance. She heard a commercial yesterday. Music was playing on a commercial. Or an intro to a so- or a show or something like that. She stopped what she was doing, came into the room, and then waited for the beat to drop so she could display her dance moves. Why is there no footage? I would have already liked it. F- sorry. Sorry. 
That's a good comment. I will step up and we will uh, shall create a new Hattie's Amazing Videos. Yes. This weekend. And it could be her giving me tips on becoming a better dancer. Yes. I say How you, about that? Yes. I say you play the video for a dance-off today. And she can critique As it? You, yes. Let her critique it. I see. Live and then I see. show her what you do better. There we go. And then she can coach me up. Yeah. I love it. That's what we'll do. Go ahead. Earmark that. This weekend, Hattie's Amazing Video will be HP1 coaching up, instructing RP3 on how to become a better dancer. Yep. There we go. Be looking out for the drop. Looking out. Got to be looking out for it. <laughs> Love that kid. <laughs> She's something else, man. She's one of a kind. Truly blessed. All right. Keep voting on the poll question of the day. If you think I am the better dancer, if I've won the chair dance-off, by all means, vote for me. If you believe that Hannah Five Names is the better dancer because she wore the backwards baseball cap, game changer, then by all means, vote for her. That's what my wife did, even though she said she voted for me. It was a tie, but then she actually voted for Five Names. So It's okay. I'm a big boy. I can take it. Final fours this weekend. I'll be in attendance down in New Orleans inside the Superdome. And, man, there's a lot of buzz about this Final Four. And we talked yesterday about the first game that will be up, and that will be Villanova versus Kansas. Those two teams together have combined to win six national championships. Count them. Six national championships. That's what I call a lot. They've been to a combined, those two programs, Nova and Kansas, have been to a combined 23 Final Fours now, have each won three titles, and have seven national runner-ups. But it's the other matchup, the nightcap, the primetime affair, Duke-North Carolina. Tobacco Road rivalry. They're meeting for the first time ever in the NCAA tournament, and typically that hasn't happened because they're both usually high seats, and they're usually placed on other sides of the bracket. Well, they finally get to meet the arch rivals in the NCAA tournament. It's going to be in a Final Four game. We've talked about this earlier this week. Duke, their 17th Final Four, 13th under Coach K, who's retiring at the end of the season. North Carolina, this is their 21st Final Four. Duke's won five titles. North Carolina's won six. Duke's finished his runner-up six times. North Carolina, five times. The bluest of all blue bloods facing off in the nightcap. We previewed the Villanova-Kansas game yesterday. Now we're going to do North Carolina-Duke. And we're going to start with the Tar Heels. Hubert Davis took over for our longtime coach Roy Williams. Hubert Davis obviously played for Dean Smith at North Carolina. He's been a longtime assistant coach. And expectations were this was going to be a transitional year for the Tar Heels. But, man, they caught fire late in the season. They went on a run. They embarrassed Coach K and the Blue Devils in his final game in Cameron Indoor Arena. And here they are in the Final Four in Hubert's first year at the helm. And he was asked, you know, first year as the head man, what were some of the lessons he learned throughout the season from start to finish? I always tell the guys if or anybody, if, if I'm only coaching basketball, then I need to quit or be fired. I'm not just a basketball coach. I'm, my job is to help and to teach and to care for them on the court, off off the court, and in the classroom. And 
we use basketball as teachable life moments. And, you know, this season is giving these guys an opportunity to see what hard work does, perseverance, resiliency, togetherness. It's a great lesson for them, not just in basketball, but in life. To see their smiles and see how happy they are, um, see the tears of joy at the end of the game and on the floor and in the locker room is something that, that you'll remember for the rest of your life. Hubert was also asked, what does his team need to focus in on coming Saturday night when they take on their arch nemesis, Duke? We don't we don't get focused on that. I don't think anything can be as crazy as it was leading up to, you know, the game over in Cameron. And so, you know, as I said before, you know, we keep our eyes straight ahead and we don't, you know, we ignore all the noise. And I, I consistently tell them to turn down or to turn off the noise of the phone, family, and the friends. And if you do that, just just focus on our preparation and our practice. And if you do that, then our play will be good. And that's what we're going to do this upcoming week. And look, Final Four appearance in year one. I mean, that alone is a phenomenal accomplishment. And Davis was asked about that. It was really emotional towards the end of the game when we can finally settle in and realize that, you know, these guys are going to a Final Four. It was something that I just I just desperately wanted for them. You know, this is probably the nervous, most nervous that I was before the game because I just I really wanted them to go to the Final Four. And it's something that we had talked about at the beginning of the season. And in the huddle, I, I told them that it's, it's, it's not a hope, it's not a dream anymore, it's a reality. And for these guys to have this, this experience, to be able to go to the Final Four, brings so much joy to my heart. Hubert Davis, head coach of the Tar Heels. That's one half of the Tobacco Road rivalry. We hear from Coach K, the man who's retiring, considered the greatest of all time. We'll hear from him coming up next. You're listening to RP3 and Company right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Men's Final Four will be in New Orleans on Saturday and, of course, the National Championship game inside the Superdome on Monday night. We heard from Coach Hubert Davis before the timeout, the North Carolina head coach, first-year head coach. He's facing off against a man who's considered the GOAT, greatest of all time, 13th Final Four, won multiple national championships, and he's retiring, trying to go out on top, talking about Coach K. And... He was asked about the historic matchup here in the Final Four, the first time they've ever met in an NCAA tournament between North Carolina and Duke. I haven't looked at it as us against Carolina. I've looked at us, we're playing in the Final Four. So the history of that, I've, I've not paid any attention to. But in answer to your question, I'll pay attention to it right now. Usually we've been high seeds if we're in. And if you're in a high seed, they've tried – to put you know, conference teams in where you wouldn't meet until the end. And so the closest we came was in 91. 
really, where we were both in the Final Four, and Kansas and Carolina played the game before we played Vegas, or else we would have either we both were going to be eliminated, one, or you know you had a chance to play for uh, the national championship. So that was the close. You know, then it would have been for the for everything. That would have been something. But uh, but yeah, I guess it just works out that way. Coach K was also asked how different the two teams are since the last time they met there in Cameron Indoor Arena. I really think each of us was a different team. It, you know, we were different when we played them there, and so were they. Then when we played them here, you know, they had developed into an outstanding team, and we weren't at that time. And so to me, you know, the thing is, I think we're going to have two really good teams play against one another, whereas – the last two games, we were better than them at that point, and they were better than us at the other point. And now we'll see what happens. You know, we'll see what happens. But I, I, I really don't don't draw anything from that much from those games. I draw more from uh, I'm, I've been watching them, not against us, but against other teams because they're they're really playing well. So it's going to be an epic one. That's your nightcap. The first game, Kansas-Villanova, will take place shortly after 5 o'clock tomorrow. And then the next game, Duke-North Carolina, will be a little after 8. Final four in New Orleans. Oh, man. The previous five have had legendary endings to them, especially the national championship games. Jordan shot to win it for North Carolina over Georgetown. Carmelo leading Syracuse to a national title. Ooh, they've had some good ones. Hopefully, this will be the same. Hour number two now in the books. Hour number three. We'll kick it off with Bill Bender from the Sporting News to preview the Final Four. That's next right here on Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Hey. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Oh, it's Friday. It's April 1st, and it's the final hour of today's show and of the week. Welcome back to RP3 and Company. I'm your big, bald, and beautiful host, RP3, Raymond Parts III. I'm joined inside the game studios by the producer extraordinaire, Miss Hannah Five Names. And we had a poll question of the day. We have a poll question of the day. It's a dance-off. That's right. We decided to have a dance-off, and that became our poll question of the day. That's right. We could ask you, who do you think is going to win their final four games? Yeah. You get that elsewhere. Do you get original videos made 
for the chair dance-off party extravaganza of RP3 and company presented by the game? No, you don't. You don't get that, Esplar. You only get that from us. So the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and yours truly, Raymond Parsons III, had a dance-off earlier this morning. We have posted the video on our social media profiles, on Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. That is our poll question of the day. Who do you believe is has won? Won the chair dance-off party extravaganza. Was it Hannah Five Names or was it yours truly, RP3? Right now, 55% of you say yours truly. 45% say Hannah Five Names. Keep those votes coming on the poll question of the day. And you can keep all those comments coming about your boy being big in in well, large. <laughs> People have gotten distracted. Instead of voting for who they think won, they've been distracted by the fact that Five Names was trying to be sweet and put in the, the promo video that weighing in at 200 pounds. I have not been 200 pounds since probably high school. <laughs> but shout out to Five Names. And once again, the backwards ball cap could be a game changer for you, Hannah. Could be a game changer. Just saying. Just saying. Go watch the video, like it, share it, and then, of course, vote on our poll question of the day. But right now, it's time for us to kick off hour number three with one of our favorite guests. He is the award-winning reporter columnist for the Sporting News. It's the one and only Mr. Bill Bender. Bill, good morning to you, brother. How are you, my friend? Hey, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate you making the time, bud. I know you're really busy this time of year, so... Let's look at this Final Four because after all the dust settled with all the great upsets and the Cinderella stories and everything like that, here we stand and we have four of the most decorated and tradition-rich programs of all time facing off in the Final Four down in New Orleans. Uh, How do you make how the tournament shook out to this point so far? I mean, we had the upsets. You had the St. Peter Cinderella run and then... As the saying goes, you know, the first couple weeks are about Cinderella, and then you get to the blue blood, and then this is as blue as it gets. And when Villanova, Kansas is the undercard and and a pretty big one, considering what we're going to get with North Carolina and Duke, I think it's just an amazing weekend. I like Final Fours like this because you got to figure that the the games are going to be pretty high level. Um, yeah, any one of them could win it, too. I think Villanova, that injury to Justin Moore hurts, but they're not going to change the way they play. No, and let's start there, Bill, because Jay Wright is, wow, you know, he's such a good coach, right? He's such a, a, a really great coach, national championship winning coach, yet it always feels like he's kind of underappreciated and Villanova's underappreciated. Is that because the style of play that they they run out there? Because they make you play ugly, right? They make you look ugly, and they make you they make you frustrated from tip to the buzzer. Yeah, I mean the Houston team was one of the best defensive teams in the country, and they played to fifty. But they, you know, Villanova does a good job of playing defense on it. Obviously, they do a good job of shooting their free throws, which has become a big story in the tournament that they're going to break an NCAA record. I mean, when you don't miss your free throws, they pump fake, they play fundamental basketball, and they're below the rim a good deal of the time. Um, It's worked for Jay Wright. This is a different team than he's had before, though. They might be a little more boring. You know that Jalen Brunson team, they scored 80 a a game. He had five NBA guys on his first title team. 
But um, I think it just shows what a good coach he is. And if they win their third and 16, that's pretty amazing. Let's talk about that free throw shooting. Can that be the equalizer with them losing one of their star players in this matchup against Kansas? Well, I mean, Caleb Daniels is going to have to step up and have a big game in his place. I mean, that's a lot of pressure. but And they're not very deep with the bench, so they've got to stay out of foul trouble. Um, but the free throws definitely help. And the thing Kansas and them both do very well is uh, defense. They, they limit the other team's field goal percentage pretty low. I, I think Kansas is really good. And I probably underestimated them like anybody else, but the fact that they've just quietly gone about their business in this tournament and really taken it to teams is is why they, they're as good a bet as any to win this thing. Let's, let's switch over and talk about the Jayhawks. I've said this on the air uh, earlier this week, Bill. Of the four teams, Kansas sure does feel like the one we're talking the least amount about, and they're the one, one seed in the Final Four. Uh Tell us a little bit about maybe for those who haven't really been paying attention to Jayhawk basketball this year, what makes Bill Self's team just so good? I mean, Ogbejai is really good. Christian Braun's a great glue guy. They've got two players that can play. They play great team defense. Uh, Remy Martin's been a big player for them in the tournament off the bench. I mean, they, they, it's a typical solid Kansas team, one through five. That, And I think part of the reason – we didn't hype them up. We haven't talked about them. Like you said, they're the only one seed left in the tournament. And that's why I think they're dangerous because this is the one, the years where we hype up Kansas and, and say they're great and all that kind of stuff, they end up getting bounced out in the first round so, or second round. So, yeah, I think they're really good. And I, I like them to beat Villanova. It'll be a tough game. I mean, obviously, they've played eight, self and he, uh, right have gone head to head eight times. And right five and three, so it's been pretty even. What's going to be the key to the you know the the opening act, so to speak, of Saturday's Final Four games? I mean, who hits the threes? Because they are very good defensive teams. Villanova hasn't shot the three pointer particularly well in the tournament. Ogbajai struggled shooting the ball a little bit for Kansas in the tournament. And when you have two teams that are that good. Um, defense that well somebody's got knocked down a couple threes so i think that's one of the x factors in that game if i picked kansas to win but it was like with the understanding that if villanova's hot from three and they can be they're going to shoot it in high volume then the wildcats could win that game but i did take the jayhawks talking with bill bender of the sporting news he joins us here previewing the men's final four which is going to be taking place saturday inside the Caesars Superdome down in New Orleans let's go to the other one that's the marquee matchup that's the one that there's so much buzz about Uh, just the fact Bill that Duke North Carolina tobacco road rivalry they're going to meet for the first time in the NCAA men's tournament which is mind-blowing in its own right but they're going to do it in a final four and on top of it it's coach K's farewell tour uh man you, you couldn't write this better right Do we still have Bill? Do believe we lost Bill? We'll get Bill back on from the sporting news. Lost our connection there. Once again, 
Final Four this weekend in New Orleans. The first game will be slightly after 5 o'clock. That'll be Kansas versus Villanova. Villanova is going to be down one of their best players. Kansas has been kind of flying under the radar. That'll be your first game. And by the way, the Jayhawks are the lone one seed in the Final Four. Villanova, Duke are both two seeds. North Carolina is an eight seed. That'll be your first game. Then the second game will be shortly after 8 o'clock. That'll be Tobacco Road, Duke, North Carolina facing off Coach K's farewell. Hubert Davis trying to get his alma mater to the promised land, so to speak, in a national championship game. We have Bill back. Bill, lost you there for a second, brother. I asked you, you know, the other one, the marquee matchup between Duke, North Carolina, first time they're meeting ever in the tournament. It's going to be in a Final Four game. On top of that, it's Coach K's farewell tour. Uh, You couldn't write a better script, so to speak, for these two teams. No, and I mean, you know, obviously – with what happened on March 5th, North Carolina spoiling his last home game. You thought that was it. And all these years where it's been close that that they finally do get to meet in the tournament. I think part of me was rooting as much as I enjoyed St. Peter's run. I think I was rooting for North Carolina because I kind of want to see this play out on Saturday. And like you said, the end of coach K's career, I, I believe I read a stat that this is the hundredth meeting for Coach K against North Carolina. It's a rivalry that's defined college basketball for four decades, and I think it's going to be a really fun game. North Carolina's playing as well as anybody in this tournament, and that's what's going to make it so interesting. Let's talk about the job of Hubert Davis. You know, a former Tar Heel, he played for Dean, and then he's been a longtime assistant under Roy. He takes over. Uh, you know, I don't think the expectation was for this team to be a Final Four team. I think everyone thought, hey, this is going to be a transitional year for the Tar Heels. Talk about the job he's done as a essentially a rookie head coach. Well, I mean, this is the rivalry. It's crazy. The other part of this is they keep it in the family. Dean Smith, everybody that's coached since has been a Dean Smith kind of guy. Uh, either they played or coached with him. and. Yep. Hubert's done a fantastic job with this team. They they were an eight seed. They were inconsistent at times in the regular season. And some people were wondering whether or not they even belonged in the tournament. But, I mean, from the time they boat raced Baylor out in the second, well, they got into overtime, but you know what I mean. They were up by 20. Um, they're, they're really talented. Sometimes I watch them, Raymond, and I think, how did this team lose a game? Yeah. Because they're so talented offensively at every level. I don't expect the game, Bill, to be like it was at Cameron where the Tar Heels kind of just punched Duke in the face and and the Blue Devils really had no answer. I expect it to be far closer. But what's going to be the key for the Tar Heels if they want to beat Duke yet again? Well, I mean, the Coats going to have have a big game. They're going to shoot threes well. They match up well. I mean, you know, Mannix played really well in both games. I think he shot 11-20 or 12-20 from three-point range. And uh, they made Van Caro take too many shots in the last game. They kind of frustrated. Duke got away from what it does best offensively. So, I mean, North Carolina absolutely has a chance to win this game and go in there and score a bunch of points. Now, the thing I like about Duke on the other end is that they have closed with their defense, that they have played really good good down the stretch. Um, Some of these young guys that didn't have a bunch of tournament experience are really playing well in the tournament. Let's talk about that, Coach K, now in his 13th Final Four. 
breaking the tie that he shared with John Wooden. And, you know, he gets an opportunity here to, to, you know, he gets very close to try to go out on top, which is extremely difficult to do. Uh, But this Duke team has been very good this year. What's going to be the key for the Dukies against the Tar Heels? Well, I mean, managing the emotions. um, Like I said, Bancaro, 26 shots in the last game against North Carolina. They don't need him taking that many. Mark Williams stays out of foul trouble. I mean, he's been just such a big difference maker. And then, the, you know, in this rivalry, the point guards always matter. I mean, Leaky Black and Roach don't score a ton of points, but they control the tempo. They can set the, the pace of this game, which I'm sure is going to get up and down because that's how these two do it. And, uh, you know, but I, I still think Ben Caro is the best player on the floor. And if he shows it, then Duke will get to Monday night, get to another national championship chance. And, yeah, you know, like I said, I like Kansas. So I mean, it comes full circle again for those of us who believe in those type of things. Is um, K won his first national championship against Kansas in uh, 1991, and he'll have a chance to full circle and win one last more against them. So that's what leads me to my last question, Bill. You have advancing to the Final Four. You like Duke versus Kansas. That's that's who you have as the national ta- uh, in the national championship game Monday night. Yeah, and it'll be fun. And I, you know, I hadn't picked that one yet, but I would probably pick Duke in that instance too. But they've played; those two teams have played so many classics that they've seen each other over the years. It'd be a fun game and it'd be a fun cap to, you know, having the tournament back with all the fans there and the excitement we get through it. I know, uh, you know, for those of us who fill out brackets, yeah, I kind of want Duke to win for that reason. But uh, um, you know, it, it'll be a lot of fun, and it's been a good tournament. Yeah, and Kansas has played in national championship games in New Orleans twice before. They lost both of those, so this gives them an opportunity. I'm sorry, no, they they actually didn't. No, didn't man, uh, Danny and the Miracles, coached by Larry Brown, that was in New Orleans. I want to say right. Well, they they lost to Kentucky, and I believe they lost to Syracuse in, in New Orleans. That's so, right, the, the Syracuse team that yeah, that led by Carmelo Anthony. That's right, when yeah, Jim Beheim finally I mean, got his. New Orleans has had some great Final Fours. Our own Ryan Fagan wrote a very good piece about that this week, ranging from you know Michael Jordan's shot to Chris Webber's timeout, um, and another one obviously in the making this year. So I look forward to be a special occasion. Kansas, um, tremendous opportunity for their program and, and Bill Self. And yeah, like I said, when you have all four that are capable of winning it any of them that win i'm not going to be surprised bill appreciate your time as always tell people how they can follow you on social media and where they can go to read all of your great work my friend yeah i'm at bill bender 92 at sportingnews.com our guys mike DeCourcy and steph no are going to be down at the final four and uh ryan Fagan has some good people we have a ton of content up there man you, you can spend your lunch hour reading all of it and the guys have done a great job of uh putting it all together this week bill appreciate your time as always brother enjoy watching the games and we'll talk to you soon bud hey no problem thanks for having me take care it's bill bender the award-winning reporter columnist for the sporting news breaking down the final four i agree with him any four of these teams can win it i mean it's just that stacked Uh, villanova being banged up that hurts them but it would not surprise me to see jay wright somehow get his guys into a national championship game that duke north carolina game that's a coin flip game to me. I just it, it just is because I could see the emotions for the Duke players being a little too much in North Carolina taking advantage of it. And Bill's right. The best team playing right now in the tournament is North Carolina. Now, 
Can they continue that on and play two more games that way? I don't know. We got to take a timeout. When we return, our semi-pro gambler, the expert, will join us. That's right. Cash and tickets is next. Nick Fondo, we're going to talk Final Four. That's next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. There are two types of sports reporters. Those who are respected for their ability at building relationships with coaches and players. And here's our game plan. Then there are those whose method of reporting is getting hammered with a college football team at Pat O's. We're going streaking! We'll let you guess which one RP3 is. Back to more RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Kittyana Pole Boy Festival returns tomorrow. That's right, Saturday in downtown Lafayette. There'll be over 25 vendors selling some of the best pole boys Acadiana has to offer. In addition to the great eats and the pole boy eating contest, there will also be refreshing beverages, unique and one-of-the-kind arts and crafts, activities for the kiddos, and live entertainment featuring the one and only Keith Frank and Gerald Grunig with Gentelli Zydeco, and so many more. For more information about the Acadiana Poor Boy Festival, go visit AcadianaPoorBoyFestival.com. That's AcadianaPoorBoyFestival.com. While we're efforting, Mr. Cashing Tickets himself, the one and only Nicholas Fontenot, not to be confused with Nicholas Fontenot, even though if he doesn't answer, that may be what we refer to him as. Fontenot. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, here we go. Let's check in on the poll question of the day, shall we? It's all about the dance-off. We decided to have the 2022 chair dance-off extravaganza between Hannah Five Names and yours truly. We put together the video. We have comments coming in. Ben, I've been directly messaged on this. Friend of the show, Chad Jones. LOL, oh my God. Four explanation points. That's Mr. LSUE there. Come on, Chad. When you're Mr. LSUE, you can get away with doing a text that has four explanation points in it. As far <laughs> as the actual dance-off, I consider it a strong draw, but your experience maturity with Mid-South wrestling got you over with awesome promo entrance. <clears throat> the champ is here! The champ is here. You know what? More than that got me, though. <laughs> oh, man. Let's get to some other comments. Darren, our number one Raging Cajun fan of RP3 and company, says... I thought my boy had no rhythm. That is a great gift that he shared. 
I really have really no rhythm. No rhythm whatsoever. There's people that have no rhythm, and then there's me. <laughs> Nathan says, classic faces RP3. Boom. Just saying. The people are split, man. The people are split on this poll question of the day. Who displayed the better chair dancing moves in our dance-off? It's tough. I mean, We're making it tough. It is close. 52 to 48%. I have a slight edge right now, but only slight. A couple of votes can turn this. Now, have I went out there and reached out to family members to go vote for me and have them tell all their family members to go vote for me as well? Like a certain producer extraordinaire did today? No, no, no. Uh, I, actually, I, I didn't. All I did was tell my mom. You knew exactly what I told what my mom <laughs> to go comment. I told her to give her honest opinion. As I said, this woman is probably sleep deprived, just got off of a plane. So I didn't expect anything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And my mom, mm-hmm. shout out. You're getting your mom to stuff the ballot box. That's what's happening. Tall Ray. That's what's happening. Who shared it. And tagged forty people, one being my fiance, <laughs> to which my stepdad, uh, of course, commented my name. But I think, though it may be a little bit slight edge for you winning for Twitter, I am definitely winning on Facebook. There, there, yeah. Because we have Martin Janak. Shout Love out that to guy. Shout out. To I was saying his last name wrong the entire time, but he got commented about it, so it's fine. He says, five names wins, RP3, acknowledge her. With a picture of a fighter, which I don't know which fighter this is because I am not Clint Domingue, that says, acknowledge me. And then replies back again and says, now you owe her a pizza sandwich. A pizza sandwich. That nonsense has reared its ugly head again. Outstanding. You know who's here? Becca, the... Intern extraordinaire. Oh, intern extraordinaire. Becca is is in the building, and I don't. I'm not for sure if she's been privy to our shenanigans. Has she seen the dance off video yet? She has not. Oh, we will remedy that during the break, and then we'll have her comment on the sick, sick dance moves displayed by backwards hat wearing Hannah Five Names and the big bald and beautiful one. So yes. That's what will be happening. We'll make sure to show her the video. You guys keep voting on our poll question of the day. Once again, who's the winner of the chair dance-off party extravaganza of RP3 and company? Is it the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, or is it yours truly, the big, bald, and beautiful one, RP3? Go vote. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. Make sure you just enjoy yourself. Trust me. You'll want to check it out. It's good. It's a good laugh. And you may need it this weekend. <laughs> Just say it. Just say it. If you if if you're feeling like you need a good laugh, you need something to kind of brighten your morning, then go watch the ridiculousness that is that video. <laughs> oh my goodness. We got to take a timeout. Uh Nick Fontanot did not a was not able to join us today. <laughs> but coming up next, Dan Favali from Bleacher Report. NBA reporter is going to join us. We're coming down the home stretch here. Playoff positioning is currently happening. It will be a big weekend for the Pelicans and others. Dan will 
break it all down for us. That's coming up next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Do you think RP3 is the only nickname Ray has? Think again. There was Little Vaynant. There was Little Foot, Little Bubba. There was LD, which stood for Little Dufo. There was Ray Dog. There was Ray Diggity Dog. There was Fish. There was Fish Face. There was RP3. There was even Ramundo from El Segundo. Back to the host with more nicknames than he knows what to do with. RP3, right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. In Louisiana, there are thousands of miles of utility lines and gas pipelines buried just beneath the surface. Sometimes multiple lines are in one area. So if you are a contractor that you've hired is digging a new hole to put in a fence, a pool, or even minor landscaping around your house, it does not matter. You run the risk of hitting an underground line by digging only a few inches. So what happens then? Maybe you only knock the power out for your entire neighborhood, but sometimes there's an explosion with injuries and even death. It happens every single year. And there's a very simple way to avoid it. Before you dig, call 811. Call 811 two days before you dig. Tell the operator your address, and someone's going to come out and mark the location of buried lines so you or your contractor can avoid them. It's simple, it's free of charge, and it's the law. Louisiana 811 operates 811 as a public service. And to promote public safety, Louisiana 811 and the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, remind you, call 811 and know it's below before you dig don't forget to vote on our poll question of the day who is your champion for the chair dance off party extravaganza of rp3 and company presented by the game the video is up on all of our social media profiles you can also go vote on that poll question of the day man it's dead heat back and forth hell of a competitor hell of a competitor oh Intern extraordinaire Becca is ready to grab the microphone to give her analysis of it. Becca, welcome. Thank you for joining us with this expertise that you're about to uh, give us. Give us your analysis of the chair dance-off between yours truly and producer extraordinaire Hannah Five Names. Um, Okay, honestly, I was a little underwhelmed by your performance. Wow! (laughs) That hurts. That hurts. I'm sorry. I I was just like the way you walked in, you know, saying you were the champion and all that. I I just like. I see. I don't know. You got to deliver, you know. I I I failed. I failed. I didn't live up to the expectations. I give you like a C minus. Wow. I respect you for that. I respect your candor. You could have sucked up to me, you know, because I determined your grade for your internship. But I'm not going to do that. I respect you. (laughs) I respect you for delivering honest candor. Thank you. Thank you, Becca. No problem. Thank you. Appreciate Becca there. Huh? No That's what we're, we're all about honesty around here. We're all about honesty. Thank you, Becca. <laughs> you know who else is all about the honesty? Our final guest today. He is the man who covers the NBA for Bleacher Report. It's our good friend, the one and only Dan Favali. Dan, good morning to you, brother. How are you? Dan is gone. We hung up on Dan. 
Can we call Dan I back? I didn't hang up on Dan. Can we call Dan back? I guess. Can we get him back on the air? <laughs> or did Dan decide this show has too much too much shenanigans involved? We got an intern talking about chair dancing. I think that's my fault because I went and I told him to go watch the video. And then I said, talk to you soon. Um, so he, he, I guess he said bye. He meant like for real bye. So he hung up. And, um, okay, so I'm there calling we go. him back. There we okay. go. We're going to get Dan Fafali back on the air, man. What a way to kick off your weekend. What a way to kick off the month of April. That's how we set the tone. It is a big weekend, though. NBA home stretch here, pushing for the playoffs. Great baseball series. LSU is going to try to get back on track after losing the first game to Auburn last night. It's the third straight SEC series that they've lost the opening game. Cajuns are going to be at home against Georgia Southern. That should be a good baseball series, while the softball team for the Raging Cajuns is on the road, taking on Texas State. We got the Final Four in New Orleans. NFL free agency. And a chair dance off. It's a lot to get to. It's a lot to get to. Now, let's head back out to the hotline. Welcome on the man who covers the association better than anyone else I know of. It's our good friend, Dan Favali. Dan, good morning to you, brother. How are you? I am doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing great. All right, right off the top. This is not going to impact how many more times you're going to come on the show, but we need to know. Who do you believe won the chair dance-off between yours truly and the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names? I need you to be honest, Dan. Look, if I'm going to be honest, I'm going to have to say it's the producer, Hannah. I think she clearly won. (sighs) Is it because I oversold it? I was great in the hype part portion of the video, but when it came to the actual dance moves, I didn't deliver. Is that what you're telling me? I don't want to say you didn't deliver. But I think what Hannah did was was better. I did appreciate your pageantry, the build up to it, though, for sure. <laughs> uh, and now, and now we've gotten Dan in our uh, in our, in our shenanigans. <laughs> Thank you very much, Dan. Thank oh, see, so there you go, there you go. No problem. <laughs> All right, Dan. End of the regular season is upon us. Right, we're we're only got a handful of games left. First question to you is this: As it stands right now, in your opinion, do the Los Angeles Lakers even make the play-in tournament? Uh, I'm going to say they will. I just, I feel like the Spurs specifically are going to peter out by the end of this. They're almost stumbling, it feels like, into the the play-in tournament. Um, With Anthony Davis coming back and with LeBron expected to play as well, I have to go with the Lakers. But the fact that I have sub-zero confidence in, in that take, I think, speaks to how much of a disaster this Lakers season has become. What do you make of what you saw from the New Orleans Pelicans who started off so putrid, have not had Zion Williamson play for them at all, yet first-year head coach Willie Green has found a way to have this team in contention to making the play-in tournament. What do you make of what you've seen from the Pels? Yeah, I mean, for like more than half the season at this point, I think they've done a great job overachieving defensively. When you look at they're still not a great defensive team, but they've been really able to uh, make teams work in transition or prevent transition opportunities altogether. Um, They've done some interesting things with their front court rotations in the absence of Zion Williamson. I think we've seen Brandon Ingram um, overall when he's healthy. He's made a leap as a a playmaker, even a little bit as a a scorer. He's been better defensively this year than you would expect. Um, Getting just quality contributions from a guy like Jose Alvarado or another rookie in 
in Herb Jones, two guys who are going to compete defensively. And I do think the C.J. McCollum trade, as much as it was panned nationally, has ended up working out quite well for the Pelicans, where during the games that we've seen him in, he's looked like a, a borderline fantastic fit. And so to have the Pelicans here, you know, finishing ninth or 10th in the West, it's, it's sort of whatever in any other given season. But when you didn't have Zion Williamson um, for, for the entire year and you were sort of set up to fail defensively when you kind of look at the personnel on this roster, I think a lot of credit has to go to this coaching staff and, of course, the team. Let's talk about the West. Look, Phoenix appears to be the cream of the crop, right? Even with Chris Paul being a little hobbled this season with the injury, they have just continued to play at such a high level. They're 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 the clear-cut favorite in the West, right, Dan? Yeah, I don't think there is uh, anyone can even say that they're on that same tier as them. They have to exist in a tier all their own at this point when you sort of take in Steph's injury in Golden State. The Warriors felt like the one team that could get to that level. Now with Jaws injury in Memphis specifically, um, you just look at what Phoenix does, and it's everything well. And I think if there was any doubt about their title candidacy, uh, they kind of answered those that those skeptics during the stretch in which Chris Paul was out. And you had Devin Booker when he came back as well, leading the charge. You saw what they were able to do defensively, what Aiton was still able to do on offense, and the fact that now they have, you know, you could call it a well-rested Chris Paul going into the playoffs, um, I think it makes them that much more terrifying. And so I wouldn't even just go as far as calling them the, the favorites in the West. I think they're the clear-cut favorites to win it all in the league, period. You mentioned Jaws' injury with the Grizzlies and the Warriors are dealing with injury issues to Steph, and Draymond's quite not right either. What about Dallas? I mean, there they sit, and kind of surprising, they're the three seed if the playoffs began today. Uh, do you give the Mavericks any chance of making a run there in the Western Conference playoffs, or do you think they're a little just maybe, I don't know, a little overrated? I don't know if they're overrated at this point. I do think um, that the Spencer Dinwiddie trade, um, when they were able to get rid of Kristaps, which changes the, the geometry of your offense in the sense that you don't have to worry about Kristaps' usage, that's actually end up helping them. It feels like addition by subtraction, even as we've seen Spencer Dinwiddie slow down a little bit. Even looking at a guy like Davis Breton, who has not played a ton of minutes for them, but he's someone who will fly around off the ball, um, where Kristaps very much needed to be in standstill positions if you wanted to get him the ball. And so warping the makeup of your offensive hierarchy has helped out Luka. It's even helped out Jalen Brunson a little bit. I do think they're a team that could win a playoff series or two, but if you put them in a matchup with a fully healthy Golden State, a fully healthy Phoenix, uh, maybe even a team in the West like a fully healthy Utah. Uh, even if Denver gets Jamal Murray back, which it doesn't look like they're going to, but if they get a Porter Jr. Jamal Murray back, Dallas still feels like it's one significant player short of making that conference finals or even NBA finals push. All that being said, we've seen Luka through two playoff series now in his career, and he's played spectacularly by and large through both of them. And if he's going to be able to hold up through the playoff series and not sort of trail off like we've seen in those um, two matchups with the Clippers specifically. Um, Dallas absolutely does feel like a threat in large part because they're another team that I think has done a great job overachieving defensively relative to their personnel. Are they the biggest threat to the Suns? I still am just going to go with Golden State if we expect that Steph is going to come back at all. And if it's not Golden State... Um, I think you probably could make a case for Dallas at this point because of how banged up everyone else is. Um, you look at Denver missing MPJ and Jamal Murray basically all year. Memphis, what's going on with Ja? What does he look like when he comes back? Um, 
even with the Clippers, you're not going to have Kawhi to end this season. I think the Jazz can be right there, but if you watch them, um, they can still be thermonuclear on offense, and they can still be a great defensive team when Rudy Gobert's on the court. But there are moments, specifically in crunch time, when you see the amount of dribble penetration they're allowing from the, the point of the attack or perimeter in general, and it sort of just makes you wonder, why wasn't this team more aggressive to make changes at the trade deadline to really beef up their perimeter defense? And I do think that's going to come back to haunt them in in the postseason. And so, it's you know, when you first asked that question, I, I thought it was almost wild. But when you think through it with the injuries and how vulnerable Utah seems, there is a chance that if you don't have Steph in your Golden State, we move to Dallas is perhaps the biggest threat to Phoenix in the West. We're talking with Dan Falali of Bleacher Report. He joins us here on RP3 and Company. Let's go over to the East. There's only two and a half games that separate the top four in the East. It seems like it's completely wide open, and they do have the defending world champs on that side of the playoff ledger so to speak who's the best team in the east or or rather who do you think is going to make has the best chance of making it to the nba finals out of the east i almost default to the bucks at this point because they feel like the safest option uh miami has been great this year especially dealing with injuries i still question uh the efficacy of their half court offense in a in a playoff series um, I'm also going to be curious to see how Tyler Hero holds up when he's going in a postseason series against maybe more length and size if they wind up against Boston or even Toronto and, of course, Miami. Um, Philly, I can't trust Philly anymore based off what's happened um, since the James Harden trade. There were good vibes to begin with, but they've sort of trailed off when you look at what um, how much they've struggled at times on defense and then a little bit with the, with the offensive dynamic and especially the pecking order um, outside of their top two or three players right now the Bulls the Bulls have just done a terrible job of beating good teams all year and I know there's the Nets they loom but when you're you're probably not going to get Ben Simmons back it looks like and even if you do you don't have time to integrate him and there's a chance that if you play a series or a play-in game in Toronto you're not even going to have Kyrie Irving for that it's tough for me to pick them Boston losing Robert Williams the third that is going to um, hurt the the structure of their defense a little bit. So you just look at Milwaukee. Yeah, they're a little shallow, but Brooke Lopez came back. You have Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, and and Giannis, who is arguably, um, he's, he's clearly a top three player, but he might still just hold that best player in the world crown. And just given how well he played through the postseason, especially the NBA Finals last year, I do think the Bucks have the ability to ratchet up the defense a little bit in a postseason series. And I think we've seen that their, their offense is going to figure out ways to score, even if they're not allowed in transition so they are my pick right now but things are so close in the east and it feels like impressions of of that hierarchy can change daily you mentioned the nets obviously they get clearance now for Kyrie to be able to play at home but you do mention the issues that would be if they have to play the raptors even without ben simmons how much of a threat are the nets to be able to make a run and get to the nba finals you know, Kevin Durant, if he's healthy and going to play as many minutes as he has been, he can paper over a lot of the Nets' issues. But I don't know how this team is supposed to get stops. Um, they have a bottom-five defense since the start of February. They had overachieved a little bit on the defense end of the floor to begin the season. But this is just a team that's not built to guard wings, not really built to compete from the point of attack defensively either. They do have some defensive talent up front, uh, but they don't seem to trust it when you look at Nick Claxton's role this season and he's also super young as is Dayron Sharp how how much are you going to lean on those guys in a playoff series and if you get to a point where you're playing James Johnson or LaMarcus Aldridge or Blake Griffin up front with Kevin Durant um, in a postseason matchup you're probably going to get 
just absolutely annihilated on the defensive end. So you have Kevin Durant, and if Kyrie Irving is going to be able to play, you are a threat to win any given series. But to have to sort of use that qualification um, through three rounds of the Eastern Conference playoffs when there are teams like Miami, like Boston, like Milwaukee, I just find it hard to believe that Brooklyn poses any sort of a real threat this year. I'd be inclined to put um, you know, Milwaukee, Philly, Boston, Miami, all in front of them. And I think I'd even pick Philly and perhaps even Toronto to come out of the East right now before I would choose Brooklyn. All right, quickly, bud. Only got about 20 seconds or so. Who is – it seems like it's wide open, but who's your MVP? I have Jokic. Um, just the, his body of work with the Nuggets, with the players they're missing, how well they've done, his improvement on defense, and just how important he is to that, that offense. I do think he's the clear number one pick for me. In an era where it's all about three-pointers and guard play, the big fella winning the MVP, uh, again, that'd be, some, that'd be something else. It kind of kind of interesting to me because everyone tells you how, how important guard play is, and it is, but the big fellas can still determine the outcome of game and carry a team for sure. Dan, appreciate your time. As always, brother, enjoy your weekend, and we'll talk to you soon, bud. You as well. I'll talk with you soon. Thanks for having me. Take care. we got to take a timeout. We'll finalize – well. No, we're going to keep the poll question open for a full 24 hours. We'll give you the latest updates on the poll question of the day. Get you set up for Kevin Foot and Footnotes. That's all next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Oh, I want to take a moment to thank our guest, James Yasko from the Limited Time Time Podcast, Bill Bender from the Sporting News, Dan Favalli from Bleacher Report, and from this day forward, Nick Fondo will now be known as Nick Fondmont. <laughs> we'll figure out what happened with our sports betting expert. Once again, we got you covered. Raging Cajun's baseball at home will be there all weekend. I'll be at the Final Four, so make sure to go to 1037thegame.com and 1041thegame.com for all your coverage for the big sporting events over the weekend. The poll question, we're going to leave it up for a full 24 hours. That's what we're going to do here. We're going to leave it up for a full 24 hours. Other shows can talk about it as well. Once again, it's the chair dance-off party extravaganza of RP3 and company presented by The Game. We got the video on all of our social media profiles, and we have the poll question up on Twitter. Who's the winner of the chair dance-off party extravaganza of RP3 and company right now? 56% of you say five names, only 44% for your boy RP3. Keep those votes coming, and we will have the finalized Um. poll question results on Monday for you. We'll dissect it, but it does look like five names is going to win it. You got Dan Vivali and Intern Extraordinaire on your side. Just saying. And less even said yesterday he was voting for me. Boom, there you go. You You are a woman of the people. I am. For the intern extraordinaire and dancing analysis extraordinaire, Becca, producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names. I'm Raymond Parsh III, better known as RP3. We'll do it all again on Monday, 6 to 9. But until then, be safe out there. Be kind to one another. Kevin Foot and Footnotes is up next right here on Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.